um, kind of leading up to the 40 days of prayer, God just put it on my heart um, to every once in a while we'll stop as a, as a corporate body and just kind of pray. And I know we all have different thoughts and opinions about that. You know, do we get on our knees? Do we not? I don't think that really matters as long as in our hearts we're on our knees and we're reliant upon God. And so I want to, just before the sermon each Sunday, I want to just start taking a few minutes to just lead in prayer, but have all of you just kind of agree and, and really get in this attitude of praying to get together corporately. And so I thought what we would do over the next um, five weeks is just kind of go through our core values. So today I want to pray for transformation in you and me and Josh uh, and others that we're trying to uh, witness to and, and share our faith with. So could we pause and, and I want to pray for us. I want to pray for Josh and, um, and then Josh will, uh, will share from Ephesians today. Let's pray. Father God, thank you that you are a God of transformation. And Lord, so many people today want to believe in you, but God, they're not experienced the transformation. And God, I just have to believe that you are a God that transforms the heart and that transforms the mind. And I pray that God, you would use Josh today uh, to move and to work in our hearts, in our minds. Change us from the inside out. God, may you have your way. Lord, as we live lives that are different and changed and transformed, I pray that, God, we would do it humbly in such a way that others would want to know what we're doing. And, God, we would just be able to naturally share with them our story and your story and how you have changed us. God, change us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 How's everybody doing? Good? All right. So I want to talk to you a little bit. You're going to have to deal with me today. i got a little sinus stuff going on. i got cough drops. i got water. The whole deal. I may have to stop blowing my nose or that gross anybody out. We'll get through it. Um, I want to go back to Eric's message last week and just um, give it up to God for anointing Eric last week. A wonderful job. Great message. It's awesome seeing God working through um, everybody. So inside, we can pull up that first slide. So the other Eric found this this morning, which I love. It's the, the playbook. So I wanted to just kind of continue the theme around football. I did watch a little bit of the, the game on Thursday night. Um, Packers fans in the house, raise your hand. Okay, Bears fans in the house. Uh, so Packers fans, just be careful leaving. Just saying. Uh, but it was a cool game. It was fun to watch. Didn't turn out quite the way I'd hoped, but hey, just kidding. Um, but the idea behind it is, and I want, what I want you to think about today, I told Jeremy this. What I'm going to share today, we could literally just read verses uh, 417 through 520 today and really not have a whole lot of other conversation outside the scripture. It's very, very clear what Paul is sharing with us. And so I'm going to share a little bit and elaborate on some sections, but what is inside of a playbook are all the plays, right? So how many of you have been on a basketball team, baseball, whatever it is, raise your hand, right? So there's a playbook. So is it one thing just to know the plays or to execute the plays? And do you see different people inside of different sporting events and athletics, whatever it may be, even scholastic bowl and some of those things, where somebody may know the plays like the back of their hand, right? Literally, like they know it, but they can't execute it. Why don't they or why can't they execute it? One is because of practice. 
The other inside of practice is application. So what I want you to think about throughout the message today, it's one thing to know what the Bible says, and that's extremely important. The other side of it is, is applying what's in the Bible, right? That's the application piece. So that's what I want your focus to be around today, because we are going to talk about the playbook, which is what? God's Word, our Bible, okay? All right, so let's do this. Let's jump in. I'm going to start in uh, verse 17, chapter 4. We're going to run through quite a bit of script, scripture, and then we'll pause and come back. Okay, so with the Lord's authority, I say this. Live no longer as the Gentiles or the ungodly do, for they are hopelessly confused. And again, this is Paul sharing. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. Goes on and says that they have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. So the things that stood out to me inside of this set of scriptures are these things. Continual lust. What does that mean? It means that we're not content. We're not satisfied. We always want more. How many of you have been in that place before where you just, I mean, your life is all about clawing and getting that next thing or that whatever that next thing in life for you is. How many of you are guilty of that? Most people in the room, right? What's well, one thing to want more and to um, raise your standards, if you will, um, be blessed by God in many ways, but it's another thing to be so consumed by those things that you disregard what God's Word is saying and you disregard the people around you. Oftentimes, what happens when you're clawing your way through that mess, getting to where you think you need to be? You're probably hurting people in the path because of those lustful desires. And that's what Paul's saying here is be content. Don't live that way. He goes on in verse 20. He says this. He says, but that isn't what you learned about Christ, right? So Christ didn't teach you that. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off, right? Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. That's what this jacket's all about this morning. You're like, you just thought I was cold, couldn't find something, right? <laughs> no, my dad helped me out this morning. Mom brought this in. And uh, this jacket's old, and it's got a lot of stories behind it, right? But the analogy I want to share with you this morning is think about this as our old life, right? The sin, the rips and the tears, the dirtiness of it, right? But what he says, he says, take it off. I mean, take it off. And I mean, don't just set it there. I mean, throw it, right? Throw off our old sinful nature. And then the other thing is, think about this. I can still see it, right? That's my past. Let's say that's my past of drugs and alcohol and, and cheating and lying and all those things, hurting people around me. Let's say that's my past and that's what represents it. So he says, throw it off and get it out. Don't do it anymore. But what about, I can still see it, can I? I can still see it. So better yet, how about we take this, my old life, Right? And I would just, just do this. Right? Get it completely out of sight, out of mind. Because what happens whenever we can see those things in our past? We're tempted to draw back to them, aren't we? Right? Do you think that I go hang out in bars around Mattoon, Charleston, any of that? Anywhere in the world, I should say? No. Why? Because those are temptations for me. Right? That's not something that I want to see or be around. And that's what Paul's saying. He's saying, 
Don't mess around, kiddos. That's what you used to be. Get it out. Throw it off completely. What we like to do sometimes, though, is we like to just turn it inside out. So we still got it, right? And it's in disguise. But at any point, we can turn it right back to that old dirty way of living. And I love the analogy that Eric had last week about this being a locker room. Man, I love it. I love that analogy. That's what we're doing. We're learning the claims, right? We're learning what God's word says. Now we're going to go out outside the locker room on the field, which is out in the public with everybody. And we're going to do battle, right, for Jesus Christ. But what's it look like when we come to church and we put on the nice, Nice clothes. Right, I got a new shirt, by the way. You guys <laughs> Somebody said I look like a fly fisherman. <laughs> may have to holler Mason or somebody to help me with that. But, but right, but what's it look like? We come in all looking sharp on Sunday. But what would it be if I went out and grabbed that old dirty coat, brought it back in here as I walk out the door and I put it on and I go to work like that on Monday? What's that look like? Yeah. Ugly. Ugly. And it probably has a great big sign on the front of it that says hypocrisy. So if you're inviting people to church, which I want you to do, we want you to do, but if you've got your old jacket on, your old sins, and that's how you're playing the game, right, quote unquote, living life Monday through Saturday, do you think people are going to want to come to Truth and Grace Fellowship? Or any other church for that matter? No. So are you with me? I mean, take it, whatever it is. If it's at home and it's something, I'll tell you this. When I quit drinking, God put it on my heart to go home and dump out every bottle of booze that I had. I did it that day. Every one of them. Dumped it out, trash, dumpster, by the road. That's where it went. Okay? I don't know what that is for you. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's magazines. Maybe it's credit cards. I don't know what it is. But if that's you this morning, take it out. Get it completely out of your life. Amen? Draw it off. I love this next uh, verse. It's incredible. I, I mean, I, you know how this is with me, guys. But instead, it says, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. You know, one of the things I've thought about before is, is being a pastor and an evangelist. And I consider myself an evangelist. I love telling my story, which is God's story, what he's done in my life. But it's all, to me, it's about renewing our thoughts and our attitudes. And until we get to that point and we, we stop living in the old corrupt mindset, then we're not going to understand and truly receive all of God's blessings. Okay? So what I want to do today is I want to show you Philippians 4.8. It says this, fix your thoughts on what's true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. How many times have you recognized or felt yourself going down this destructive path in your mind and you're like, wait, stop. It's not true. It's not pure. It's not lovely. The thoughts that I have in my mind are lies. They're corrupt. It's what people are saying about me that has no evidence of truth. Oftentimes when somebody comes to me it's really struggling, I, they share their story and I'm like, man, just listen to yourself. Half of what you're saying is just a worry that will never happen. You guys have heard it before. I don't know the statistics. 90 plus percent of what goes on inside of these mugs in regards to a worry will never happen. Isn't that crazy? 
Fix your thoughts on what's true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Okay? Think about these things. Be worthy of praise. T.D. Jakes has a quote. He says, one of the most powerful things is a changed mind. One of the most powerful things is a changed mind. You could be sitting here this morning completely glazed over, tuned out, not hearing a word I'm saying. I just want you to wake up. Right now. Wake up. Okay? If I, I want you to hear one thing. It's a changed mind. Mind. You know whose decision that is? It's yours. Look at your spouse, look at whoever's next to you that you've been expecting to change your mind, and it's not their responsibility, it's yours. Amen? And you may be mad at me right now, and I don't care. Right? <laughs> Seriously, one of the most powerful things is change mind. So I'm going to give you five tips. I found this, I thought it was cool. There's a, there's a number of different ways to share this message, but I'm going to give you five things. Write these things down. Put them in your phone, whatever. I think if you would apply them again. You come to church, you sit here on your hands if you want. That's cool. It's a little cold, you know. But you can sit on your hands and not do anything. Or And you may have a photographic memory. And I'm guilty, too, because sometimes I sit there and don't do anything. And again, some of you are like, Josh, why are you going to say this? Because if I'm the one in the room now not writing something down, then I'm going to feel bad and everybody's going to look at me. It's not. But I do want you to stand up if you're going to write anything down. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Attention. Okay. So ask the Lord to guard and direct your mind. Okay, that's the first step. Ask the Lord to guard and direct your mind. And I didn't put this scripture in, but I want to I want you to write down the reference. It's Romans 12, 2. It says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good. And pleasing and perfect, okay? The object is, is that our regular thinking, okay, so if you think about it, our regular thinking today will determine what today looks like, right? Our regular thinking tomorrow will determine what tomorrow looks like. Well, that thing just keeps rolling. So our regular thinking, if we just let it go, a week goes by, a month goes by, a year goes by, a lifetime can go by and you not controlling your thoughts. Do you know people like that in your life? Where they have just let their thoughts chaotically run their entire life. And most of the time, and this isn't being critical, but a lot of times you'll see people, their world is chaos. And a lot of it's just because of the way that they think. I want to pray, God, guard and direct my mind. Renew my mind. Renew the attitudes inside of me. Use the power that Brad's saying about inside of me to renew me completely. Get the old stuff out. Throw it out. Get it out of here, right? That's the first thing. And maybe this is a prayer that you, you should maybe pray. I love it. It says, Jesus, by your Holy Spirit, keep my mind firmly set where you want it to be focused today. We can get so far ahead of ourselves sometimes that we forget about today. Right? Control your thoughts. So ask the Lord to guard and direct your mind is number one. Number two. Recognize the source of self-focused and self-defeating thoughts. Recognize the source. So given that my behaviors begin in my mind, and my mind is where my spiritual transformation happens, right? And just a quick side note, transformation, one of our core values, it's about continual sanctification, right? We are messed up, right? We're all a little messed up. We all got some stuff that we're messed up with. But that's the thing. God is up there chipping away at you, knocking off those chunks of sin off of us. 
right? So we can become streamlined and do what he wants us to do. But as we walk through this life, guess what? You're not going to be fully sanctified until the day that God calls you home. Amen? Amen. The day that he calls you home. So don't get all self-righteous and think you're all that because you got a nice shirt on today, right? <laughs> and I do, but, it's not, you know. <laughs> but seriously, some people think that they've got it all together and, and they're perfect and, 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 you know, they're not. They may be much better than they ever were. And don't let Satan take you down a destructive path. Encourage yourself. I am, right? I am a good father. I am positive. I'm a hard worker. All those things. But my point is here is we're continually being transformed. So don't let Satan's trickery and condemnation come upon you because that's not of God. Conviction is of God, right? And a friend of mine said recently, I love conviction. He said, I love it. And I'm like, you know what? I do too. Because without conviction, I would be probably in a different place than I am today. So praise God for the Holy Spirit providing that. So my mind is where spiritual transformation happens. Is it any surprise that Satan wants to mess with our thinking? Right? Everybody thinks that Satan's some big nasty creature, and I'm sure he can be, right? There's evidence of that inside of the Bible. But the other thing is, is that he is the greatest looking guy that's strutting around campus or your work, right? Great looking lady that walks by you at the grocery store. That cool, awesome, fast sports car. That great big mansion that you've always dreamed of, right? That's where he gets us thinking. That's where he takes us down a path and we go back to the very first set of scriptures where we're just like never content. We feel like we've got to have more we're lusting for it. That's where you can get going. Okay? So recognize the source of the self-focused, inward-focused, self-defeating thoughts. Just know that the power of the Holy Spirit is there with you to fight those internal thoughts coming into your mind. Number three is this. Replace self-focused thinking with a God-focused Mindset. Replace self-focused thinking with a God-focused mindset. And I want you to write this down. Train your brain. It's really simple. Train your brain. It's not up there. Train your brain. Just, that's, and just remember that. Train your brain. Jake, train your brain. Pick up your clothes. Oh, can <laughs> Train your brain. He can say some things about me too. But right, we got to train our brain. So be intentional about our thoughts. Right? Control those incoming thoughts. When you feel something negative or a lie or something coming into you, stop it. You have the power and authority to do that. Be like, wait a minute. I, I'm going to train my brain to think differently. You see it all the time where major transformation comes in people's lives just because they make a decision to change. Don't think that you have to walk out of here today the same way that you walked in. You can be changed by the power of the Holy Spirit and transformation of your mind. Don't let your mind get sidetracked. Let the Spirit, again, go back to the verse. Let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Here's another thing. I learned this a long time ago. Kylie and I have talked about it. Replace the thought. Okay? Something negative comes in, boom, it's out. Something positive comes in. I'm not tricking myself. I'm just saying, I'm not going to dwell on the negative. Where does negativity usually lead you? Not feel good. I don't want to not feel good. So why on earth do I want it in my life? Okay? And I know, I, this is just me. I don't watch a lot of news. I probably should have a bigger worldview than I do. But I'm okay in my little bubble. I mean, it's all right. Some, somebody will pop it one day. That's okay. But negativity can really control you. So when you feel it coming in, get it out. If you feel it between you and your, your loved ones, 
Stop. Have a conversation. Don't let that thing grow. What happens when something grows? It gets bigger and bigger, then it's harder to talk about. Something that starts out as something really small can snowball into something really big, okay? So just catch it early. Anger, jealousy, temptation. Temptations, we all have them, right? Food is a very common temptation. I mean, there's probably nobody in here that doesn't struggle with it. I've struggled with it all week. And it's like I've made this excuse for myself that I don't feel good, so I'm just gonna eat everything if it moves or doesn't, right? <laughs> And here we are a week later, seven pounds later, and I'm like, what am I thinking? Why was that was not controlling my thoughts at all, right? But I should have replaced the thought. And you know what I do? And I'm just physical fitness-wise. What I do is a lot of my, and I have Instagram now and Twitter, just so you guys know. <laughs> Woo! Right, inside joke. I barely keep up with messages and all that. I you can attest that. So kind of, anyways, most of my Instagram stuff, which is really cool. I like Instagram. Um, I don't Twitter things very much, whatever it is, whatever, I'm just stop right there, sorry there, I'm going to lose my train of thought here, oh, when it comes to being health and fitness, I constantly, I like CrossFit, so I have um, some of these guys, um, Dan Bailey, Rich Froning, they're both um, Christians, they're incredible athletes, um, Rich Froning is a, I don't know, five-time CrossFit champion, one of the best guys in the world, these guys are shredded, right? And so I, I check out their Instagram. I'm not checking them out. I'm just, but I check out their Instagram because they're constantly on there working out, right? And they're just buffed up. Well, if, I, if that's a vision for me and I want to get in better shape, is it better for me to look at that than it is like some big like chocolate turtle cheesecake thing, right? I don't have much chocolate turtle cheesecake on my Instagram. I just don't, okay? So my point is put, put stuff into you that's going to encourage you. Change the thought. Man. I better keep moving. <laughs> Number four, uh, rest in the truth that you're accepted in Christ. And this is a big one. We all have past hurts. And uh, I just want to tell you today, stop doubting and wondering and questioning if you're accepted by Jesus Christ. Okay? Just stop. Because you are. Okay? No matter what you've done, no matter what anybody has ever told you, you are accepted by Jesus Christ. When you confess that you're a sinner, believe that Jesus Christ is God's Son, right? You confess that, you believe, you know He was raised to life, you commit your life to Him, invite Him to your heart, you're saved, right? So know that you are accepted by Christ. Because if you don't, and you begin to doubt, or continue to get doubt and wonder around that, you're going to struggle. So flip the switch in your mind. Know that no matter what you've done, or no matter what anybody's done to you, and this isn't something else, this is a hard one. Because you may be sitting here today, and you haven't done anything that you feel is wrong, but somebody's done something wrong against you. And those are hard, aren't they? Those are hard ones. But know this. No matter how bad somebody's hurt you, no matter what you've gone through in your life, right? You are a child of God when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord. Amen? Amen? Amen. Believe that and know it in your mind. Okay. Step four. Or I'm sorry, step five. Repeat steps one through four. Okay? It's pretty simple. It's five steps. We really like four. Okay? Test your thinking. Train your brain, right? So you got something negative coming in, get it out of there. Hit the reset button. I say it all the time. Catch it early. Don't let that thought go. Let's go to verse 24. It says this. 
Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy, right? New nature, right? They got a new shirt on, new Josh. The old Josh is out in the hallway. It's done. It's gone. I'm not going back to that life. New nature in the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is our standard, too, just so you know, right? We are, we are to be Christ-like, so he is our standard. So how do we know what Jesus is or who he is and what he did? How do we know? How do we know? How? Read the Bible. There it is. Read the Bible. Good answer. She must have studied. But no, she didn't look at my stuff again. We have to read. We have to engage in small groups. We have to read our devotionals, right? If you want spiritual growth in your life, what do you have to do? You've got to put, an, put together an effort. You have to move forward. I'll tell you, I'll just speak about the teens for a little bit. Teens that went on the trip to Florida this year. Just raise your hand if you're in the room. Raise your hand real high. Got a few of you, right? Life-changing. Absolute life-changing. How many 16 baptisms? Incredible. How did that happen? Through transformation, through focus, through blocking everything out and saying, you know what, I'm going to follow Jesus. And I'm going to concentrate on him. We don't have to go to Florida to do that. We may have to get up 15 minutes early and start engaging in our Bibles, right? We may have to stretch and say, you know what, I'm going to go to a small group. I don't, I don't like people. I don't want to be around people. No, I'm going to go to a small group, right? It, it, a lot of you laughed. So most of you don't like people. Okay. Just <laughs> write that one down. You need to work on that one. liking people. But isn't it the reality? The older I get, it, it, it's weird. Like, I mean, I love, I love people. Don't get me wrong. But the older I get, uh, especially in big crowds, I'm just not as like, man, it's just not as fun. I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one. But, but step out of your comfort zone. Get engaged in a small group. We got a couple guys in our small group right now that, man, it. Those guys, it is incredible. Um, you know, I think they got in the small group thinking this is something they needed and God was going to work in their lives, and he has, there's no doubt. But through those two guys, there's about 12 other people in the room that have been incredibly impacted by this. So, you know, you just never know what God's going to do. So um, step out. And what I want to share with you is that our, our daily habits, rituals, and routines are what create our standards. Okay, it doesn't matter what it is, if it's around food, exercise, Jesus Christ, whatever. Our daily habits, rituals, and routines are what create our standards. And when we elevate those standards, guess what? The bar is being raised. My bar of knowing Jesus Christ, when I first gave my life to Christ, was at ground level. Right? It was. I mean, it was a very basic. I just, like, man, I, I'm forgiven for everything that I've done simply by believing that Jesus Christ is my Savior, He died for my sins. Amen. Complete cleansing and through baptism, I was at ground level. But now, eleven years later, I mean, I'm not, I'm not up here. I'm, I'm here, right? But man, it's continual growth. It's continual transformation. So don't stop. Continue to read. I think Sarah has shared before that. I don't remember how many years ago it was, but she became very intentional about her Bible, Bible studying. And uh, as you're seeing incredible growth in her, in her spiritual fitness and maturity just through discipline to do it day in and day out. Okay, 25, stop telling lies. This is, so as I'm going to keep reading here, this is, again, doesn't need a lot of interpretation, but stop telling lies. Uh, let us tell our neighbors the truth. We are all parts of the same body. 
Um, just stop. I mean, really, I mean, I, I made this decision um, shortly after giving my life to Christ. And I didn't lie like major big lies, but just a lot of little white lies. And it, it was almost like, I didn't hurt anybody. Like, right? that person never going to talk to that person. Never going to be that. Right? And then I realized one day it was wrong. And then I realized that my, my life was so much less stressful because I didn't have to worry about what I told who to. It was like, wow. So, no, I mean, I can have anybody, uh, anybody in, in any map to or around the world come to me and say, Josh, you said this. And I'd say, no, I didn't. I just, that's the confidence I have in what God puts on my heart to share. I'm not going to lie. So somebody comes against me and says that I did something or said something that I'm just like, yeah, no, wrong Josh. <laughs> not me. So, again, very, very direct. Just stop lying if you're doing it. Um, 26. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down. I love that. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. Anger can absolutely control us, right? You can be so consumed by anger it can control us. Um, another way of saying don't let the sun go down. How many of you have ever gone to bed? Um, let's say that, you know, let's say in your normal sleeping habits with your spouse, you know, like one of you is laying here and the other is laying here. And you've gone to bed like one, you're like one leg hanging off over here. And this one is like one leg hanging off over here. Anybody? Or the couch. Or the couch! Yeah, get out. Yeah. Well, don't do that anymore. Right? Don't let the sun go down. Um, it just means that reconcile your differences, right? And uh, it's funny, I'll give you an example. Kylie and I gave her a kiss. I don't even remember what it was. I kiss her every night before we go to bed. And, uh, and usually I go to bed early. Most of you know that. Um, around 8.45, 9. She would say 8. That's not true. Um, but I give her a kiss every night. Well, here, I don't even remember what it was. Like last week, maybe the week before, I gave her a kiss. And there was no... I mean, her lips didn't even move. Like, what? <laughs> 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 like, nothing. Nothing. And, uh, and I'm like, what? Sorry, and uh, you know, we, I didn't give her another kiss, but at least we had some conversation, right? And uh, my point is, is whatever it is you do, you hug each other at night, you tuck the kids in, you have a prayer with them, whatever it is, do it every day. Don't not do it just because you're mad. Okay, reset it. You don't want to go to bed mad because if you do, what happens in the morning usually? You are. And, and likely it's the first thing on your mind. And just a little trick about training your brain. Um, go to bed thinking about what you want to wake up thinking about. Okay, I'm serious. It, and it may take a while to train your brain. But, it, again, that's why a lot of folks say read the Bible. Read encouraging verses before you go to bed. It's the first thing on your mind in the morning. So try that. Um, another way of saying don't let the sun go down around your anger is I read something that said keep short accounts. And that really kind of struck me. Keep short accounts. And as I thought more about that, I'm thinking about how many people in my life am I just, like, maybe I haven't been happy with or mad about something just really piddly. And instead of, like, just being, like, keeping a short account of it, be like, that's nothing. I mean, come on. I've messed up. Just, just let it go. And we just, we grind on it. Right? 
So just keep short accounts if you're going to be angry about something. And the other thing is, anger talks in the Bible about sin occurring through anger into action, right? And so be very careful you don't allow that anger to turn in to, to sin, okay? So, and if you want to study more about anger and, it's, and it being a sin, um, do some more research, okay? Because there's a lot of evidence out there where anger is very much a sin, okay? But it also talks about righteousness. Okay, the other thing is um, anger can definitely control you. Flip the switch. Verse 28, if you're a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and give generously to others in need. I, I love this. I mean, obviously, is stealing right? Is stealing right? No, it, it isn't. And um, I think it's Dave Ramsey. Chad and Tara would probably be able to tell us more. But um, when I was in job transition a few years ago, uh, I looked at interviewing uh, that organization, and Chad shared with me it would be very hard to get into that organization, which it is. But as I was reading, um, they take care of their employees so well that if you're caught stealing a paperclip, you're, you're gone. There's no tolerance inside that organization. And so it, it really, I'm, I'm telling you, you may be thinking, hey, I'm, I'm getting too, taking an extra cup of coffee home or whatever it is for you. I don't know. I'll let God convict you over it. But seriously, um, stealing can take you a lot further than you want to go, right? And it can keep you, and that thing can kind of grow. So anyway, stop stealing. The other thing is good hard work. Um, I've got Colossians 3.23 up here. And I want to share this with you today because this may be something that some of you need to hear. It says, work willingly in whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. And did I underline uh, working for the Lord? Is that underlined? Um, early on in my uh, acceptance of Christ as my Savior, I realized that no matter who I was working for prior to, my production level was based on how well they treated me. Okay? So if they were treating me well and I felt, you know, appreciated, whatever, I was working hard. If they were not kind to me and I wasn't, you know, feeling appreciated, I'm like, okay, well, you're getting much out of me today. And God flipped the switch for me right here and said, Josh, you're a representative of mine no matter what day it is, who's being nice to you, who's not. You work as though you're working for me, okay? And I love how Paul says it, you know, for good, hard work. And then through good, hard work, what happens? Blessings come into our lives. And then what can we do? We can give generously to others that are in need. So I love that. Verse 29 says, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful. So that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Um, Joyce Myers has a, a message called, uh, Our Words Are Containers of Power. And that is so true. Both positive and negative, our thoughts become words. Words become actions. Verse 30. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way that you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Again, we are representatives. And it just kind of, it kind of broke my heart a little bit when I read this verse, reminded about it. Do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. It's like, man, that's convicting. Because I think about my kiddos or even as a child to my folks. Man, I don't want them to feel sorrow because of my life, right? And that's what God's saying here. We are disciples of his. So don't allow him to feel sorrow because of the way that we're living. And I wrote down the fruits of the Spirit. This is what I just think how as Christians we ought to 
be able to reflect and, and produce the Spirit produced in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. All right, verse 31. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted. I put compassionate in parentheses. Forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. Again, don't hold those grudges. Get it out of your life. We go on to, to chapter 5. It says, imitate God, therefore, in everything that you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love. On the example of Christ, he loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma for God. We're going to go on to verse 3. This is going to hit home for some, I'm sure. It says, let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes. These are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. And I'm not sure what section of this spoke to you. It could be the sexual immorality part or purity or greed. I don't know. But for me, it's obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes. And I just want to share with you that when I first gave my life to Christ, uh, you guys have all, I'm sure, been in, involved or surrounded by a group of people at work or at school or wherever, where what starts out as kind of a, uh, a gentle or a tame conversation over a, over a small joke can, can become a full dissertation about something just not very good. It could be sex-related, it could be anger-related, it could be making fun of somebody that you work with or go to school with, it could be gossip, right? And when, it first, when I first gave my life to Christ, immediately, even standing, I just I could literally see the, the guys around me. I just felt conviction, like, ah, you know, like, I just don't feel like I need to be a part of this conversation, but I wasn't bold enough to do or say anything. And at first, I was just like, I'm just like sitting there, and they were talking, and I'm shaking my head. And what's that do? It just, it, that means I'm a part of it, right? And I'm like, and then I realized, man, what am I doing? This wasn't in one setting. This was over probably a few months. It got to the point where I realized, man, I'm going to stop nodding, right? So if something turned into a big conversation, I'm just like, stone face, right? Like, man, that's weird. Well, yeah, it is weird. But that's the only thing I knew how to do at the time. Oh my God. So then I realized, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is just wrong. I don't even want to be associated with it because um, kids at school, what happens when you're inside of a, a group of kids at school that are, you know, talking and chattering in class? What happens? You're guilty by association. You, you, you are, your image, if you will, your character is reflected by who you're sitting. You know, I was at the football game, the clash the other night. Uh, Charleston fans, raise your hand. Charles fans, raise your hand. It's okay, seriously. Raise them up high. Okay, perfect. Matthew fans, raise your hand. Uh, hey, I just want to tell you, and this uh, uh, guy I work with, his son is on the Scholastic Bowl at Charleston, okay? And so we have what we call a daily huddle. And uh, on Friday morning, he said, hey, just so you know, the Matthew and Charleston clash already happened. The Scholastic Bowl Championship four years in a row was taken by Charleston Thursday. Okay? So, uh, props to Charleston folks. All right? So, my point is, is that 
inside of this group, and I lost my train of thought. Inside of this group, I got to the point where like, yeah, I'm done. I'm not, I'm not going to associate. So I walk away. Like as soon as I felt it going down a path that's not right, and today, to this very day, that's what I do. And a lot of times people don't have those conversations around me unless they just want to see what I'll do. And a lot of times I'll just jump right in the middle and be like, man, don't you guys have anything else better to talk about? Right? So if I'm not saying this, or you'd be talking about me, you know. So let's just stop. Sometimes I'll do that, depending on who's there. Other times I'll be like, hey, you guys, and I just walk away. So I would encourage you all that. Adults and children, um, young adults that are in school, just walk away from it. All right, let's get down to verse 8. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. And as we all know, that light is Jesus Christ. Two questions that I ask myself if I'm in any, any question whatsoever. Would I do it with Jesus standing right next to me, right? And is it glorifying God? Two great things for me. Okay. This I want to share is verse 15. It says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. So I, I put it this way. Life is much simpler than we really make it out to be. It really is. And I just want to share with you what God's put in my heart. Number one, know God's word. How do we know God's word? Through reading his Bible, right? Reading his word. Number two, which is include Jesus' life, and then live by it. Seek God's way, right? So how do we, how do we not live by fools, like fools? We know God's word. We seek him every day, and then we do what he tells us to do. It's very simple. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I'm going to share two favorite verses of mine. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you what? Which path to take. So many times we're like, I just don't know what to do. And I'm like, when's the last time you asked God to tell you what to do? Why didn't? What do? Right? Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13 says this, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. There are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. And I used to stop reading there. And then Sarah, you know, just like, man, we really need to look at those next two verses. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. Not only does he have great plans for us, but he's telling us, if you seek me, you're going to find me. Okay? So I just want to encourage you with those two things. Praise and worship, come on up. I want everybody else to stand up this morning. I want to end on this. We have to die out to self. Old Pastor Lou Butler, uh, no relation of mine, but a great friend and mentor, he used to say it all the time. Die out to self. Less of me and, and more of him. And you know, if we would just depend on God more, and this may be you this morning, you may have lost your job. I want you to know that God will provide another. You may be sick. I know that God's going to heal you. He's healing me. You and your, your spouse may be fighting. I'm telling you that 100%, you have 100% likelihood of that relationship working if you put it on ground the basis of Jesus Christ. If you're going through financial struggles, he'll provide. If you're addicted to a drug or alcohol or whatever it may be, wherever that addiction lies, he can completely set you free from it. The thing is, we can listen to testimony after testimony. We can watch miracles work around us every day. But for some reason, we don't believe it for ourselves. Why is that? Why is that? I want to challenge you all to increase your faith. No matter where you're at, no matter what you're walking through, God will provide. Life's simple. we got an incredible playbook right in front of us. 
but it's one thing just to know the plays. So today, I feel like you know the plays. I feel like you've listened to what we've been talking about today, God's Word and speaking to your heart. So now it's up to you as you go out and execute the plays, right? Do you begin to train your brain this week? Do you begin to get the clutter out of it? The things that are tempting, the alcohol, the magazines, the computer, whatever it is. Are you going to go home and do those things? Or are you just going to let God give you the thought and not do anything with it? How many times have we done that? How many times has God put it on our heart to do something? We're like, oh yeah, that's a great idea. But again, you just keep moving. So today may be the day that you absolutely change your life and take your faith to a new level. And that's just simply by believing that Jesus is there for you. Okay? So I don't know if Maury's tuning his guitar back here or what, but I was thinking he's going to wrap something off, but I don't know. What are you, what are you doing back here, brother? He's, he's struggling. Well, I'm going to sing. I'm going to sing. What do you guys want me to sing? Oh, he's going to Sarah, Sarah, hurry up. So, no, there it is. Praise the Lord. We are absolutely blessed um, to be here today, to have a place to worship God. I want you to know that God wants a relationship with you, and if you you have one with him. I also know this, that he wants to take it to a new level. But that's up to you, because you can have as much of him as you want. You just gotta, you gotta step out. As you guys know, that every single service we have, we don't want anybody to walk out of here not knowing Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, if he's put that on your heart. We've got a cross in the back of the room. If that's you this morning, head back there, we'll have somebody pray with you and lead you through the Romans Road, what it means to believe in Jesus, right? and ask you some questions and lead you into prayer. If you want to pray on your own this morning, and you've got an old rugged jacket like I do, a lot of sin that you're still wearing around, and you need to lay it down, and you just need it to be between you and God, come over here to this side, your left-hand side. Take it off. Leave it here. And if you need somebody to pray with you this morning over whatever it is, we're here for you, and we'll meet you down in front. All right? Praise God.